Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone. I'm, well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways. This season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Now, listeners, I have to be perfectly candid. Last night, Dad told me about the story he wanted to talk about on today's episode of The Shadow Files. And he sent me a bunch of news articles, and I haven't slept very well. I I don't mean this... uh, I'm not trying to be florid here. I actually have slept very, very badly because I was plagued by this image of this graffiti on the Witchbury Obelisk in a place called Hagley uh, in Worcestershire, England. And the graffiti says, Who put Bella in the Witch Elm? The reason this is messed up and the reason this has absolutely gotten into my head like a like a like a worm is because of a crime that happened back in 1943. Now dad, I've signed up for the British newspaper archives and I've been scrolling through literally scrolling through old microfiche uh, all morning and I found an article from Thursday the 29th of April 1943 and I'm going to read some to you now. Is that okay? Mm, brilliant. Okay. Woman in the witch elm tree was murdered. Boys who, when bird nesting, discovered the skeleton of a woman in the hollow trunk of an old witch elm in Hagley Wood told the story of their gruesome find to a jury at Stourbridge yesterday. Murder by some person or persons unknown was the verdict. Professor J.M. Webster, director of the West Midland Forensic Science Laboratory, Birmingham, ruled out the possibility of suicide or accident. Robert Hart of Walscote, Stourbridge, told the coroner and jury how at midday on Sunday the 18th of April... He and three other lads went bird nesting in the wood. He left the others and went to the stump of the old elm. Looking in, he saw a skull. He called his friends and one of them raked the skull out of the tree with a stick and then put it back again. When the boys got home, one of the boys mentioned the find to his father, who telephoned the police. 
A police sergeant said that the tree was about 35 yards from a lane which was accessible to motor traffic and was used a good deal by courting couples. There had been a gypsy camp, Romany camp, there two or three days ago. Professor Webster told how he had gone to the wood, had the tree trunk opened out, and finally been able to reconstruct the skeleton, which was probably that of a woman, probably about 35 years of age. There was no evidence of violence or of any bones. He found part of a garment stuffed deep into the cavity of the mouth that might have been the cause of death. Now, that I didn't realize how prolific this case was. I mean, this has been upsetting people in the area and in the world of true crime for uh, decades and decades. And it seems like new information keeps coming out. But it was an article in the ABC News by Lucia Stein and Rebecca Armitage that spurred you wanting to talk about this case. Hmm. What is it about this story that captures you and where do you want to begin? Well, <clears throat> the children, four boys, mm-hmm. were they were trespassing on a or on an estate that belonged to a very famous family that went back many generations in sort of British British history. Mm-hmm. So there doesn't seem to be any talk about the owners of the estate, so I started to do some research. So let's just put that to one side. But the boys, four boys, were doing something illegal, and it was during the Second World War when things were very much focused on the war effort. Now, these boys, one of them climbed up into the tree. They were looking for for eggs, and I guess back during the war, you'd be looking mm-hmm. for eggs to eat. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Because there was food rationing. Yeah. And the thing is, one of them looked down into the sort of the fork of the tree mm-hmm. that was not visible from the ground. And he saw initially what appeared to be the top of a fairly large egg. Now... There are no eggs of that sort of skull size in England, but if it had have happened in any other country, for example, Australia or Africa, yeah. one mm-hmm. may well have thought that it was an ostrich or an emu egg. Okay. And an ostrich egg is actually very similar colour to a skull. So he's reached down and the thing is, he realised fairly quickly that it was not, in fact, an egg. <clears throat> one of the one of the sort of telltale signs was there was skin attached to the body to the to the head still a bit yeah. of skin mm-hmm. and it's an interesting thing paul you mentioned about the cloth being shoved into the mouth mm-hmm. there has been further thought and deduction that one of the boys actually used a stick and it would have had some cloth wrapped around it. And he yeah. actually pressed it into the mouth to help him... To get the head back get, in the tree, right? Oh, no, to get it out. Oh! <clears throat> to get it out. Right, okay, okay. Uh, that, that's, that is a theory um, that has been postulated. I'm looking at photos. They made they actually made a replica um, of her clothing because she was... Okay, so the professor that we've mentioned, the forensics guy who rocked up and kind of looked at the body, and at that Mm. point, obviously, the war's on, forensics is not a particularly evolved science, so they don't have much to go with. 
but she was wearing a mustard skirt. She was wearing a blue and yellow striped cardigan, a light blue belt, a peach-coloured taffeta underskirt, and blue crepe-soled shoes. And uh, none of those things contained the same type of fabric as the fabric on the stick. So I'm, mm. I don't think the boys would have a swatch of coloured fabric to whack, you know. True, true. Yeah. But also there was a sort of a fake ring found as well. Yeah. And she had a hand missing. Did she though? Yeah. I've okay. So here's the thing. There's a bunch of like I said, forensics was very spotty at this point, and uh, there's only a few accounts that suggest her hand was missing. The others have said that her hand was completely intact. So I'm very curious as to what. Okay, let's go. Let's let's wander down that little uh, side path and let's assume her hand was missing. Hmm. Um, what do you think that could mean? Okay. Well, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to sort of give my my sort of theory. Please do at the end of the podcast. Okay, great. Because there are a few, there are a few functioning theories. Mm. The reason, but the reason this got in my head, Dad. By the way, is not. I mean, the crime itself. Whether it is, I mean, there's so many ideas as to why this woman was found. There's something about the era in which this happened that makes it even creepier because it was such a. This, the eye is drawn to what is happening across the ocean over in, you know, the Pacific theater over in Europe and whatever, mm. you know, the war is on. So people aren't really paying attention on the home front. And yeah. uh, the thing that creeps me out was that graffiti, right? Now I found yeah. an article from the uh, 30th of March, 1944 uh, in the evening dispatch, uh, new mystery chalk mark appears. So this is the first instance of the graffiti appearing. Okay. Mm. An unsolved Midland murder of a year ago is recalled by mysterious chalk writing, which has suddenly appeared on the walls of buildings in Birmingham Fruit Market area. Last April, four boys bird nesting in Hagley Wood, bird nesting as in looking for eggs, like you said, Dad, found the skeleton of a woman in the hollow trunk of a witch elm. At the inquest, a verdict of murder by some person or persons unknown was returned. The woman had probably been killed near the spot where the skeleton was found at least 18 months before the boys made their gruesome discovery. So that 18-month time period, listeners, is going to become important later on. But let's keep going with the article. Next stage in the mystery was the appearance a few days ago of the following words chalked on the wall of empty premises in Upper Dean Street, Birmingham, who put Bella down the witch elm, Hagley Wood. This was the first time any name had been given to the woman. And that's interesting. More wall chalking was found today. This time the words were Hagleywood Bella. The writing was too high up on the wall to have been done by boys. Mm. And the police are inclined to view that it is the work of someone coming into the city early in the morning with farm produce. Now, that's that's obviously interesting. Um, there's nothing to say that a couple of boys couldn't get on each other's shoulders and write it. But it does seem like somebody is trying to name drop the victim because 18 months later, they still don't know who this is. Correct? Mm. Paul, um, the very first time the graffiti appeared, her full name was Lubella. L-U-B-E-L-L-A, Lubella, which has a very, very strong European connotation. Now, what happens with graffiti often Mm -hmm. is that it de-evolves. So the the name was abbreviated to, to Bella. And also during that time, Bearing in mind that the Midlands, mm-hmm. uh, being in the, the middle of England, was very much involved in the war effort. And so, like munitions factories. Munitions factories. Yeah? And there, yeah, gotcha. there lies the genesis for one of the theories that, in mm-hmm. fact, this woman was a spy. 
Okay. And some people have uh, postulated that she was from the Netherlands. There is a Dutch connection, quite a strong Dutch connection in this particular mm-hmm. story. But there are a few other theories that I have not been able to sort of come up. I have not found anything in relation to a few of my own ideas. Uh, one of the theories I've got is that this particular woman was in fact running or hiding from someone. There was an an incident that happened a year and a half prior to her body being found. And I have a feeling it's possible that she was a local and she she was running very scared she managed to climb this tree and she hid and she got trapped and she died a terrible slow death a lonely shocking way she may well have been actually stuck i don't buy the fact i i can see possibly misadventure mm-hmm. i can see murder I can also see witchcraft. Um, initially, I thought, you know, I, I wasn't that focused on that, but I think it's kind of very, very interesting. And I feel that it, it just doesn't make sense. If it's people getting um, a body into a tree, mm-hmm. it's a fact there have, have to be two people. It's impossible for one person to haul a body up a tree. Would you not agree? I've seen the tree in question. There's photographs of the tree. It's It seems very unlikely that someone would crawl in there themselves and get stuck. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, to me. Yeah. So I'm thinking that if there were two people involved, why on earth would you hide someone, a body, in a tree? Wouldn't Aren't there... Better ways, better places to hide a body. Mm. What, do, what do you think? I really, I haven't seen the area, so I can't. I can't. I mean, look, the problem is, Dad. This is happening all during wartime, and people started kind of piling in. And you know how you uh, mentioned that it went from Lubella to Bella on the uh, mm. on the graffiti. Yeah, there's a there is a game uh, American kids used to play called Purple Monkey Dishwasher, where basically you would start you know, colloquially referred to here as Chinese whispers, right? Where you would start saying a thing and then every time you said it uh, down the line, it would change slightly, right? Mm -hmm. Now, after the war, well after the war, MI5 released a bunch of its wartime files, right? Because obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff was declassified at that point. And it turns out there was a a foreign agent, uh, a spy called Joseph Jacobs, who parachuted into Cambridgeshire in 1941, and he was arrested almost immediately, right? So he didn't really get to do much spy work. But he had on his person a photo of a singer and actress from Germany called Clara Ber- 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 Bauer. Yeah. It's a it's like nine vowels in this name. Anyway, um, he said that she was a secret agent, right? Mm. And that she parachuted in kind of around the same time, right? Mm. And uh, now there's a theory going around because a lot of people are still trying to figure this out, that the Bella or the Lou Bella is Clara Burl. Um, mm. And th- there are some there are some physical similarities. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on this? Um, 
Well, I'm looking at a photograph of Clara. Yeah. And, you know, she's wearing spectacular jewels. Of course, she wouldn't have worn those if she was on a mission. No. Um, I mean, any spies that came into England, their English was generally impeccable. And if they were parachuted into a particular area, they had to know a lot about the local history. And the British had these tricks. They'd have, um, well, I mean, one of the classics is a castle near where we lived in Nottingham uh, that belonged to Henry VIII. And everyone refers to it, and I mean yep. everyone in England, it's Beaver Castle. And Beaver is B-E-A-V-E-R. So However, if you went there and called it by its actual ah, name... Okay, well, its be... real name is B-E-L-V-O-I-R, Belvoir <laughs> so, Castle. Right. And a so spy, someone... a spy yeah, yeah, would, yeah. would always go, oh, yes, Belvoir Castle, and they were fucked. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had all these, these, these things in place to trap. And one of the classics is in London. You've heard of Elephant and Castle, mm-hmm. the famous railway, you know, it's a railway station. Yeah. It's called Elephant and Castle. Mm-hmm. It, its real name is Eleanor of Castile. Now, if you're a French spy or a German spy and you're coming into London during the, the Blitz yeah, and you get caught, mm-hmm. they're going to show you some local landmarks and they're going to say to you, you know, what does this say? And, and, and yeah, and it's all My- over. My thing about that is, look, I don't know how many listeners have spent time in small towns, but everybody knows everybody. The second you are not recognized, people are eyeballing you. It doesn't matter what area you're in. So if I was a spy, I would go to London where there is so many people and so much chaos that you could get lost in a crowd. But if you are parachuting into an area like this, mm. I mean, there's a reason that spy I mentioned before got arrested almost immediately. It's because... You know, I, I don't think it would just be because he didn't know what the castle was called or whatever. I think it's because some bloke at the pub didn't recognize him and suddenly gossip started, a cop talks to him and the story collapses immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very, very risky. Yeah. And mm. uh, yeah. Look, there have been a few cases. I was doing some research and there was a case in America mm-hmm. where a, um, a tree lopper, funnily enough, mm-hmm. they found a body in his basement and... The body was, he'd murdered this particular person. And so he's a tree lopper, he's murdered one person. Mm-hmm. But then what happened was he ultimately led them to a tree, hollowed out tree. Yeah. And inside that hollowed out tree, they found three more dead bodies belonging to the family. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yuck. So trees are, are interesting. And I guess if you can manage to hide a body in a tree for long enough, the tree will eventually grow and possibly sort of enclose you know, the secrets of the past, which brings me on to my theory. This is my my golden theory, Paul. And it was wartime. Um, If you want to sort of have a look at, you know, medieval history and the history of witches and all that sort of stuff, I also would feel somewhat inclined to believe that it was possibly uh, sacrificial and... That then brings me on to the family that owned the property. Yes. And we all know that in these families, these you know, high society families, perhaps in Britain um, in this particular case, sometimes within those families, I mean, there, was the, there has always been the theory of Jack the Ripper that he was a member of the royal family. And it's not, it's not a sort of a shits and giggles just for fun theory there's some very very strong evidence in relation to some of these high profile cases that that members of you know the peerage you know royalty minor royalty these 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 fabulously wealthy families mm-hmm. sometimes have got members of the families that are basically fucking captain ratso and we know that in this day and age very wealthy people can suffer from boredom and they get involved in all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And quite often, not quite often, but but occasionally, um, there have been some very high-profile cases that we all know about where people have died by, let's say, misadventure. Uh, you know, all sorts of sexual sort of fantasy things go wrong. And I wouldn't be surprised. And, of course, back in the war... So the wars are not... It's a different different time you know resources are very much focused on the effort and you know i don't think this case would have got the um the sort of the attention that it deserved and i don't know whether it would have been appropriate particularly for the local constabulary to go knocking on the door of you know this this you know quite famous family so i have a feeling that perhaps you know some valuable intelligence was lost at the time 
by not focusing on on the owners of the land. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's such a coincidence that it happened on this particular estate. And we also need to remember that the four boys made a pact that day. They made a pact because they knew that they were trespassing, they'd get in trouble. And one of the boys, as you said at the beginning, came home and told his father. But imagine if the boys had never said anything and taken yeah. that secret to the grave. Could have found it like recently. Yes. Yeah, could have found it. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that you and the listeners need to be aware of is that all of the bones, the skeleton, everything yep. has gone missing. Yep, I know about this. This is absolutely bizarre. So no one knows where they are. No. Um, they, they, <laughs> they, I mean, lots of different journalists, including the two journos who wrote this wonderful article for the ABC uh, news website, have kind of chased down different rep- representatives from local law enforcement. They're like, we actually just don't have it on record. We don't know where the skull is. We don't know where the bones are. We just, we don't know where it's gone. Basically. And and also weird. The I thought this was a bit weird. Is that the case was officially closed in two thousand and five. To hmm. me, that's just odd. Right. Um, I don't understand how you can just close a case when, in fact, it's unsolved. Which means, in theory, it's still open. Mm-hmm. Um. So, if you are living on a private estate, um. I guess you could say if you really wanted to hide a body knowing that anyone that comes on the estate is trespassing, um, you know, it's it's an unusual sort of thing to do not to bury it. So I think the tree has some significance in this story. And I gotcha. think it has significance in terms of the supernatural. Okay. And why why not think about that? Because right. um, you know, in the in the name of you know, all sorts of sort of deities um, and human sacrifice might I add has been going going around for a long long time mm. you know in, in, in ancient cultures it was seen as a way of appeasing the gods you know you had a bad season you would kill a few people hoping that you know maybe next summer it, you know it bore fruit um, it's an interesting story it's unsolved the graffiti aspect of it is is just fascinating and speaking of writing dad about a decade after after the body was found um a a journalist going under a fake name wrote a bunch of articles about the crime right Mm. and that prompted a woman uh uh, called anna well that's Mm. the name she gave herself Mm. to write into the wolverhampton express and star i've tried to i've got scans of the original letters here i can't actually read them but the quotes are basically saying what they're trying to say is that um, the person who committed the crime uh, died insane in 1942 mm. and the victim was Dutch and arrived illegally in England about 1941. So uh, they are suggesting, if you recall back at the start of the podcast, I mentioned that they reckon that the woman was about, uh, she'd been dead about 18 months before uh, she was found. So timeline-wise, this is starting to get a bit interesting, but apparently there was a Dutchman who uh, was in the area, mm. right? This is from a statement from a, uh, a woman called Una Hainsworth. Uh, Hainsworth told police she was the Anna mentioned in the newspapers. 
that I just mentioned, and recalled her husband, Jack Mossop, coming home white and agitated one night in either March or April 1941. He told her he had been at the Littleton Arms with a Van Rolt, uh, that's a Dutch surname, and a Dutch piece, uh, presumably Bella, who passed out in the car on their way home. Van Rolt apparently told Hainsworth's husband to drive to the wood and the pair stuck the woman in the hollow tree, believing she would come to her senses the next morning. So what they're trying to say is that she was passed out drunk and they basically just like whacked her in a tree, which is very odd. Oh. I'll continue reading. Yeah, I'll keep reading. Hmm. But Bella never woke up and Hainsworth's husband went insane, apparently haunted by the image of the woman in the witch elm. He died in a mental hospital in 1942, a year before Bella's body was discovered. So basically... Um, he was committed apparently uh, mm. about six months before the body was found. I think mm. um, timeline-wise, I'm getting a bit mixed up here, but basically, what that this is what's happened here is somebody has written a very fanciful version of events in the papers ten years after the crime, and suddenly people have come out of the if you'll forgive the pun woodwork. Mm. Um, I mean, for me, the most interesting idea is that it might have been a spy. I mean, that is that is incredibly juicy. True, but but. Then it's very unlikely that they that they were Dutch because the Dutch were were very much anti-German. In fact, Germany was invading the Netherlands. So your dad was uh, your dad had some mate. Yeah, he had some stories about incredible that, stories. And yeah. I, I can assure you that you know it, it, I think you'd be fairly hard pressed to find a, a, a you know a, a Dutch Nazi sympathizer when you interestingly, what, Dad. Uh, there was a woman called Carolyn Wilkinson, and she was the one who reconstructed Richard III's face after mm. they found. If you recall, uh, there was a car park in Leicester mm. um, where they found Richard III's remains, yep. and uh, this expert basically had to rebuild his face. And she took a swing at recreating Bella's face. And I assume you've seen the photo no. of the. Uh, right. Okay. I'm going to email this to you right now. This okay. is the reconstructed face. And this might actually, uh, and this happens live on the show sometimes, folks, this might mm. put to bed any idea that uh, this was, in fact, the um, the uh, German lounge singer, the German singer that we talked about before. So I'm just literally, as you listen, very unprofessionally emailing Dad a photo of a reconstructed dead woman's face. My Google history is, absolute, is an absolute nightmare, Dad. So this uh, heads your email, hit refresh, and uh, let me know. Okay, here we go. Downloading. Oh, bloody hell. Well, she is dead. I know, but yeah. isn't that amazing, though? And her teeth, very, very unusual teeth. Yes. Her front teeth are quite bizarre. Well, one of the things that they noticed, if you look back to the... Um, there, was a, there was a police hand-drawn uh, image mm. of the dead woman. Mm. Uh, really like a description that the police drew up for the papers, I believe. Mm. Um, and one of the features in it was noticeable irregularity, front teeth, lower jaw. She was about five feet high, brown hair. Uh, the mock wedding ring that you mentioned, which mm -hmm. was two and, si two and six. How much is that? Uh, I don't oh, understand that. Back then, 25 cents. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, and basically, this is... Uh, okay, so you've seen her face now. Uh, I think we can pretty much rule out um, the lounge singer idea. Yes, but Paul, um, you know, she, she, I think she may, have, she may have worked on the estate. And uh, Wait, that's a new... Hang on, you didn't mention that before, did you? That's a new theory. No, but I, did, I keep coming back to the estate, which no one seems to talk about. It does seem interesting, because I know that the boys were obviously a bit nervous about because they didn't want to... I think part of the pact was less we found a dead body and more we aren't meant to be sneaking onto a rich person's estate. So let's 
So if we tell the police, they will we'll get in trouble for what we did. But then one of the boys, obviously, as we discovered, uh, told his parents. And uh, I don't, I don't think as a young kid, if I'd come across something so terrible and macabre, I could ever keep it to myself. I agree. I completely it's just agree. Too, there's something weird about her face. I've got to, turn, I've got to stop looking at it. It's freaking me out. It's really quiet. You know, she. I just can't figure out if she was a local. They definitely would have known she'd gone. Some, you know, you just you'd know. Mm-hmm. But during the war, apparently there were so so many people that went missing for all sorts of reasons. Right. I mean, it's just so fascinating. My my theory is my my primary theory. Yes, okay. Is that I think we should be looking at the estate, at the family. Now I've tried to do some research and I couldn't find anything sort of, you know, juicy, but. Mm. I just feel as though uh, it's very unlikely that these two guys, apparently the girl sort of passed out in the back of the car. They're driving along and they just happen to find a tree at night time. Oh, it's got a, it's, it's just the perfect place to drag a body out. It also wasn't that close to the road. I mean, it was near a thoroughfare, but it was quite a few feet back. I mean, it's the kind of thing that if you know, she True. was, I don't, I don't buy that for a minute. No, I although really having no. said that, you know, they would not, on the balance of probabilities, had a shovel or a means of burying. So mm-hmm. that kind of, again, makes sense, perhaps, that that's, that's a good alternative. They may have decided to put her in the tree and then come back and retrieve the body. Um, and for various reasons, that never happened. And time went by. I mean, it's a year and a half she was up there decomposing. And, and think of all the animals, which is kind of cool. What? Well, you know sustenance for 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 the wildlife oh ew, okay that's nature there is another theory that was suggested back in 2014 um on a uh, bbc podcast where they basically suggested that she was a sex worker now dad you have uh, i've seen the found, photos you but you found and retrieved the body of a um of, a, of an escort on mm. on a cliffside and that was, story was in electric blue and that mm. was uh she was murdered but she, yes but also at the same time it's a woman who goes missing. Uh, she's going under a potentially a false name. Hmm. The person who wrote the graffiti and the kind of you know the 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 repeated motif of Bella or Lou Bella or whatever that could hmm. have been the name she was known by. Yep, hmm. that could have been a local who actually had you know uh, used her services. That's a possibility. Are there any other theories you want to float or that you think have any? I mean, how about the witchcraft thing? Because some accounts, typically in sort of gutter rag journalism sort of outlets, have suggested that. Her severed arm was found, I think, 13 feet from the body, which apparently is how witches were executed. I don't buy that for a second. I think it's far more... I mean, also, there's lots of... I mean, you've been... you spent time uh, mm. in these areas in England. Mm. Uh, the Romani uh, people uh, who yes, were referred gyp- to as gypsies back mm. then, yeah. The Romanies obviously looked at as a kind of quasi-mystical other by mm. people and it's very easy for local rumor to sort of you know throw shade their way and imply that they might have done some sort of ritualistic killing i don't buy that either not mm. for a minute mm. what do you think i think um the fact that the locals don't know who she is means either a she came in but it's a fairly yep. kind of quiet weird sort of place to go to it just seems mm. my, my my number one theory is that she was actually uh, employed as a domestic on the estate, where she may have worked for years, and that's why that she was why she wasn't known. And I've yet to find any concrete information about that family being investigated. 
or interviewed. So I think that's um, that's where that, that's for me. That's where the focus. If I was a police officer, I've I've rocked up to this crime. Yep. First place I'd be going to is the owner of the land. It's found on their estate. I yes. mean, first of all, I'd be curious to see. You know, Dad, how families have secrets. Of course you know, they, they do. family families keep secrets. The older a family is, if they're basically a dynasty, because mm. a lot of the kind of landed gentry, a lot of these sort of lords and ladies, these these regal families who are nine hundred steps from the monarchy, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, once they lose their money, they sort of just rattle around in these old houses, and if a body is found on their property, they know, like. You know what? I'm with you. I think. I think honestly, listen. If you wanted to do some digging and snooping, and we're in the area, I wanted mm. to just knock on the door, become friends, and go, "Hey, seriously, who, like, who was she?" They, if they don't know, they would have heard rumors and would probably have some idea. Maybe the gardener three generations ago would have seen someone sneaking onto the property. Would have se- seen something. It mm. seems odd that they've not been pursued as, if not suspects, then witnesses. Look, the facial rebuild back in 2018 didn't actually bring anyone else forward it didn't help corroborate who she was it didn't help with cross-referencing and hasn't helped yet uh like you said dad it was marked as unsolved back in 2005 hmm. i'm loath- closed paul no it was marked as unsolved oh okay i read some of that yep. they closed it if the case is closed then it's not an open case but if it's unsolved then it's still open okay look I, i'm very curious as to what our listeners think happened to this woman who she was whether there's been and i'm also curious because at the start of the season of The Shadow Files, our, we were endeavouring to ascertain whether there was any worth, any credence in the idea of, you know, hauntings and whatnot. I remain completely agnostic in that department. But for me, the question is, if there was some sort of weird ritualistic um, sort of flair to this murder Mm. it's not that i think there was actual witchcraft involved it's that it's possible that the people doing the killing believe in that stuff and that's why they did it right so if there's any mention by me of you know witchcraft or the occult it's because i think potentially the people involved may have believed in that stuff not that it was actually am i making sense i think i'm making sense anyway anyway i am not going to sleep properly for the next few nights this is really who put bella in the witch helm is just tattooed on my brain right now uh, I'm curious as to see whether anyone in that town, anyone in that area, anyone, because um, Lord Cobham uh, is the owner of the estate. Uh, it's the called Littleton it, family. Yeah, it's called Hagley Hall. Okay. Yep. It's a yep. grade one listed 18th century house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, it's the Littleton family. Yep. And wow, unbelievable. If anyone has any contacts, that's in, so interesting, Paul. It's, if anyone, I just, I want, I want, I want to find out what's happening here. I need to know. But have a I look, look to, at the photos, Paul, of the house. It's, it's, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Yep, yep. And I have it's, a feeling, particularly during, during that period, I think that it would have been very, very, it would have been very tough for a local, you know, police officer to go in to, and knock on the door and go. You know, I think it's just. Would have been fucking pretty scary. I have a feeling that there's something happening. Never too late. Never too late to do a little digging. Anyway, that's kind of what we do on this show. We dig. God knows what we're going to find next week. But thank you so much for listening to a truly creepy wartime episode of Loose Units, The Shadow Files. If you have... I was about to say if you have any leads. That seems unlikely, given how long ago this happened. But if you do, 
have any theories or information, head across to our Facebook discussion group. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week, everyone. Uh, Sweet dreams. And we will see you at the end of this week for Loose Units, Loose Ends. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.